0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read at PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. We're back for another edition of Cult Nero Chat, a Monday podcast. I'm Jeremy, joined by Robbie, and we are going to be talking all about uh, Atletico's very tense win at Rio Vallecano on Saturday night. Robbie, uh, match day 29 action in La Liga, a cocaine goal, providing the final 1-0 margin at Vallecas. Uh, Robbie, I'm going to ask you to pull a, a little bit of double duty on today's show, given your familiarity both with uh, Atleti and Rio. We're going to talk about uh, our thoughts from the Atleti point of view, and, and also I want to know what you think from the Ryo point of view whether this was a, a positive display, were uh, Ryo hard done by with this result? Generally, what did you think?
1: Yeah, so that's, I think that's the beauty of Ryo, um, re- even going through their bad spell. They, they still they continue to play nice football. And we saw that against Sevilla. and um, they haven't given up their style in order to try to um try to kind of sheer will it will themselves out of this relegation battle. They're, they're sticking with what what they know and, and I think they continued that against Atletico on, on Saturday night. And yeah, I, I, I think that they were hard done by um in in that they created a lot and no 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 it also has to come with the, with the caveat that Atletico brought it on themselves and I, I can't understand why they sat back when they did and, 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 and how deeply they sat back. And There was one stage Antoine Griezmann was playing as a, as a de facto left back and then Mario Hermoso came on as a left midfielder slash just someone to kind of fill up a space and um, so yeah this is the story of Rayola season and I guess this was Iriola's um idea that if they if they try to play football they'll pick up enough points by being positive to avoid relegation which has always been the goal and they're sticking to that even though they're now mired in a in a relegation battle.
0: I believe this is their 10th loss in 12 since the turn of the year but uh, I would agree. They were hard done by in this game, per uh, Football Reference. their expected goals for this match one point seven compared to one point three for the eventual winners at Atletico. And Robbie, you're working on a piece right now for Into the Calderon about how Atletico's advanced statistics and advanced metrics have actually gotten worse uh, as this unbeaten run has progressed. Atletico now unbeaten in seven, with six wins, including five in a row in La Liga for the first time in about a year and a half. Um, could you talk a little bit more about what you're finding out and potentially what it means?
1: Yeah, basically, and I know it's a really small sample size this last five games. But basically, Atletico have um, have kind of gone into their shell, and the the, the non penalty their non penalty expected goals difference before the the turnaround was zero point uh, eight six. Their non penalty expected goal difference. In, in the last five games when, when they've seemingly turned their season around is 0.16 they're not creating as many deep progressions or they're not um, they're not uh, yeah, they're not, what, what's the word? succeeding, they're not um, completing <laughs> they're not completing as many deep progressions they're allowing more deep progressions uh, their expected points is down uh, and and I think that but, but at the same time Atletico were never like an all stats, uh, sorry, a, a statistical darling. The reason why they get results is because they they play like they did in Vallecas on Saturday night, and I think what what Simeone has done is he's found a little bit of consistency. We saw that they played a specific way against Osasuna and won. They went out and repeated that against Manchester United, and they've repeated that. Uh, Every game since, now he's had to make changes based on injuries, suspension, stuff like that. But for the most part, he stuck to that. And I think that that's what Simeone... He might look back on this season and say... And blame the fact that he didn't just stick to his guns. Now, now, having said that, the problem with sticking to your guns is that when you're losing, it, it, it just looks like you're being stubborn. But when you're winning... Uh, that consistency means something. And I think that Simeone... And the problem was, he hadn't had a win in order to kind of grab onto. He got that win against Osasuna and he's just digging in now at this stage because at the end of the day, with uh, 10 games or 9 games or whatever is left in the season and a semi... A final against Manchester City, it doesn't matter how it looks. This is about survival at this point for Atletico. And I think that... um, yeah, Simeone never too concerned about aesthetics uh, to begin with, and even less so now given the fact that they are in a battle for the top four and are playing arguably the very best team in the world at the moment.
0: I think I think a good chunk of this has to do with, as you said, that uh, win against uh, Dosa changing a lot of things and uh, the loss against Levante changing even more things. Um, I think the team's grown in confidence and... We talked about this a little bit on the last podcast about trying to differentiate uh, whether it's a matter of Atletico playing with more spirit or whether it's something repeatable and definable and tangible that they're doing tactically. It's probably a little bit of both at this point, but definitely the confidence is up and, and definitely the there's now a, a stronger will and a stronger determination and a stronger intensity, which will be needed as Atletico prepare for City after the international break if we have a little bit of time left over we'll briefly preview that tie before diving into it a bit more next week um I, I thought it was interesting how Atletico I think got worse as this game moved along especially after uh they got the goal through Koke early in the second half Robbie and I thought Ariola made really good changes Ryo were very insistent that final probably 20-25 minutes or so but we talked about Koke on the last show, and he scored again here. I think there's been a serious change in how Koke is playing right now, and especially how Jan Oblak is playing. He looks like – like it's like night and day compared to how Oblak has been for most of this season. His confidence just looks so much more improved. Um, his ability to come out and claim crosses, his ability to, to judge where the ball is in the air, it, it looks like he's a lot more sure of himself and a lot more – Comfortable and assured um, in in between the sticks.
1: Yeah, and, and and I'd say that's also down to the fact that, that he does have a, a a much more solid partnership in ahead of him in in Savage and Jimenez, and I think Renildo. I've been critical of him, and I think he is a little bit of a wild card. But sometimes you need that, and I think that. But I think he has definitely um, closed off options for it for attacking teams, and um, he can just lock down a, a winger now, and like he did with Bebe. Whereas in the past, or sorry, not not even in the past, in the recent past, um, this season. Lodi or, or or Hermoso or whoever it was there would need uh, sorry Hermoso isn't a isn't a fullback but when he played on the left of the back three, he'd need help and that would mean he, someone else would have to go and help him and and that would leave Koke more exposed and open and and I think that um yeah and 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 it's exactly the the opposite of what we talked about earlier in the season in that we we come onto a podcast and we talk about. The one hundred different factors that led to Atletico not playing well, looking susceptible, and um, and losing or drawing or winning without being um, being very convincing. Whereas now it's like there's all these little things that are happening. For example, Rodrigo De Paul, his confidence looks like it's back up. He's he's uh, hitting. He's he's looking for and finding attackers in advanced positions. Just that little bit easier than he did. He's making driving runs, um, and 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 I think when you said about the spirit earlier and, and playing with a little bit more gusto, I think that mm. that is def, that that's definitely true because it's easier when you get a run. And this is what I was saying about about uh, Simeone just having something to hang on to. And and that win against Osasuna got the got the um, sensations or whatever the word is in english the sensation is mm-hmm. back and he just and went out then repeated that for the first 45 minutes against Manchester United and the second half they fell off but they got a result went back to the went back to that same formula and stuck with it and and it's just and 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 then you're getting a, a slightly uh, more of a contribution from Joao Felix, not 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 for ninety minutes maybe, but he's just so good that he doesn't even have to do it for ninety minutes. And that's the thing about Atletico; they're so good that they've got such a good squad that one or two um, more chances than than uh, the opposition, and they and they will score like Rio need. And, and this is this is why. Uh, the very best teams in the world, um, or sorry, the most expensive teams in the world, do find it um, uh, that little bit easier. They don't have to be convincing all the time. Someone will step up, and this is what we're seeing with Atletico. Whereas Rio need Trejo to be on his game every single game, and, mm-hmm. and 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 stuff like that. Atletico have the squad to be able to kind of uh, take the hit when Joe Felix doesn't run, doesn't perform. But then, occasionally, when he does really do well, <laughs> that's an added bonus. So uh, yeah, it's just um, it's just a uh, hundred little things are starting to work in Atletico's favour right now. I don't think anything has changed fundamentally, but I do think that they are on a little bit of a run now, and and they want to continue that. And yeah, like 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 we were saying earlier in the season, when it was bad, you know, it was all negative, whereas now it's that little bit more positive and. You can just go to training on a Sunday or a Monday and, and breathe a little bit, and it's not like all doom and gloom. And I think that it's it's kind of hard to get, measure that, but it definitely is worth something.
0: Yeah, because stats don't necessarily capture that. They don't necessarily measure that uh, confidence and and spirit and determination. So it's it's tough to kind of negotiate what we see statistically and what our eyes tell us versus uh, what what's really there in the end. Uh, Joao Felix has... Uh, believe five goals now in his uh, five goals and three assists in the past uh, nine games that's a pretty solid return from a player on whom the club spent 130 million euros um, and he assisted the game winner on saturday with a, a lovely one-two with the club captain koke getting his first goal of the season and in the nick of time robbie koke might be finding form uh you know, he's Coke's been here a long time and we've seen how Atletico's midfield generally performs with him versus without him if Atletico can recover Coke um and that that's the, the the Spanish translation but if they can find Coke's best version uh in these upcoming games um what what does it really mean how uh, does it is it bad news for Kondogbia is it bad news for Marcos Llorente how does it impact the balance in Atletico's midfield if Coke really gets back to his best
1: yeah, well, I think what you're... See, I think the problem here is that what you're going to get from Koke is a certain level. And I don't think particularly that he... And this is kind of the, where, the, where the where the problem arises in a way because Simeone was trying to play in a different way that that made that made Koke vulnerable. He was still playing the same way. He was just being put in positions where he looked slow and he was being caught on the counter and stuff like that. Whereas, whereas now... He has a five behind him and, and even if Herrera isn't entirely convincing Coke is not being asked to play there and Coke isn't being asked to cover a lot of ground. he just does what he's always done and it's never spectacular and it, but it's never absolutely awful either. Um, and and I think that that's basically what we're seeing right now in and a uh, and, and, and report came out this morning that Let are seriously seriously uh, looking for a number five in the in the summer transfer window and that's where they're kind of going to be investing most of their money and i think that that's something that um atletico have been struggling with ever since rod reed and Pad- party left and they haven't found it condobby is close to it but not quite hereras can be that guy but it isn't now it's not natural for him either to play in the defensive role that, that that's mm-hmm. necessary to then allow Coke and the rest to, to perform so uh so yeah, I think that just by by get by by um, finding that formula with Herrera at the back, I think that that has definitely helped. Um, and, but Koke is just the way Koke is and has always been. So uh, I also think that um, by Marcus Jurín, Arend- like like, and I was just looking at um, the the amount of uh, uh, doing for a different thing uh, touches per ninety for players and. Tony Cruz and all these guys at the top of the list. Um, and one of the players who popped up, and I almost forgot about him, or, well, I had forgotten about him, was Kieran Trippier. He was touching the ball uh, outside of Real Madrid, Barcelona. So he was touching the ball, I think it was like 80 times per 90 minutes, which was, I think, that definitely for second, anyway, for Atletico. It might have even been first. I'm not entirely sure. Like, it, I think we, we forgot that Simeone lost this guy. Um, and he was vital to... What? How Atletico Madrid played, and mm-hmm. um, um, by by putting and as I said this so many times, your Ente by putting yourente there, you're not just uh, playing a player at a right back who's not a right back, but you're 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 losing. What your Nte gives you in right midfield, so uh, yeah, I think um, I think that uh, another thing is Daniel Voss is going to come back now, and he might be able to play in that right midfield role, and then you'll be able to put your Nte there uh, in the right. Sorry, Voss playing at right back, and then you'll be able to play your ente at right, right mid, mid, midfield, and then you, you've you've got options. All of a sudden, you've got options, and I know that we were a little bit. Oh no, no sorry, not we I I was a little bit slow to to to. Uh, Blame the injuries for Atletico's poor form in the season, but they definitely played a role. And um, like, like Llorente was missing for a long spell, and it's no coincidence. I think that he's gotten a run now, and Atletico have also seemed to turn a corner. And I think it's just like I said, it's like a hundred different things are kind of going in Simeone's direction now. And look, what happens in the summer, and what whether the, this is a kind of a debate for another podcast, maybe. But like, what, um, where you go from here? Uh, I'm not entirely sure and 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 whether it's sustainable to play like this I'm not sure and me personally I, I, I'm not particularly fond of that side of football but Simeone's um, uh, calling card is that he gets results and that's what he's doing now he continues to get Atletico into the top four looks like he's going to do that again he's in the last eight of Europe and these things can't be sneezed at and I think that um, the, despite the fact that they don't play particularly appealing side of football it has been really really successful and I wouldn't imagine Atletico are too keen to move on given the variance in, in managerial um, performance and, and, and not knowing what's out and the unknown I wouldn't say Atletico are too keen to move on from Simeone and Simeone if he thinks that he can get a rebuild here and, and get some funds in maybe he'll stay for another season too
0: does have a contract in 2024 and it would be a bit awkward to have that pact broken just a year after signing that extension last summer. Uh, I, I would say getting into top four uh, will help matters will help in terms of the financial off pitch stability and also might go. I, but, I don't, but I don't know. I, I think he's more likely he would be more likely to leave if Atletico got top four this year. That being said, I don't think he he does depart this summer, but it it. it Knowing who he is and knowing his character, it doesn't seem likely he would leave the club in the lurch. You know what I mean? It doesn't seem likely he would leave them in in Europa League or in a conference league place. But I don't know. Like I'm not, I'm not on the ground there. I don't know. But uh, you, you can't argue with the with the results right now and how they're coming. Um, even as Atletico, uh, arguably these past couple league games have not been particularly good. The win against Cadiz was uh, about survival at the Metropolitano, and so was this one at Vallecas. And it's back-to-back 1-0 wins, Robbie. Uh, back-to-back 1-0 away wins with uh, a healthy chunk of shithousery in both games. So I, And I think that's that's important. It's not uh, We can't really discount that uh, because Simeone feeds so much on this intensity and this passion that he transmits to the players on the pitch. And I, I really think it's difficult on some occasions to separate the tactical, the strategic, the philosophical – with uh the this intangible you know, rah-rah um, passion this and in, these intangible qualities that they kind of it's all enmeshed in in simeoni because he's this kind of figure he's this kind of messianic figure
1: yeah, yeah, exactly, and and it is that, like you said, it's really difficult to tell what he's going to do. Is it more likely that he would leave uh, out the back door, door so to speak, or, or is he more likely to leave with the team in Champions League? Because he with the team in the Champions League, he's sitting there going, "Why wouldn't I give this another crack?" and and and. Uh, but like, likewise, when when the team is out of the Champions League, or if the team was out of the Champions League, is he more likely to say, look, my work here is done? But but I often wonder, and I know it's easy for, for uh, armchair analysts like myself to sit here and go um, and talk about... Like massive, massive life changing, club changing decisions as if it's nothing. Like, oh, I'd go, I'd leave. And I say, <laughs> tomorrow I might say, you know, and it's so easy for us to say. But but my feeling is, and and, and I just wonder, I, I know that Atletico won La Liga last year, this season has been in really disappointing but they seem to be kind of getting a hold of it now I just wonder is Simeone looking going how much longer can I do this for because at the end of the day there have been some awfully disappointing results there and I just um, like, like I said there I was thinking about earlier the fact that Atletico keep getting into the Champions League his record of getting Atletico into the Champions League and breaking up the duopoly there was a couple of seasons there he finished second even even though it wasn't a La Liga title race yep. that he was involved in and, and that, that's absolutely incredible now is Atletico's goal to just keep getting into the Champions League and, and kind of struggling 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 or do they see themselves as something better have they at what point do Atletico and maybe Simeone has tried to do it but he just like he just can't he can't change who he is and playing this modern style of football just wasn't for him he tried he Genuinely tried to do it, but he couldn't, and and I think that what we saw earlier in the season was an inauthentic evolution in that uh, he was he was uh, trying to play in a style that he just doesn't believe in, and uh, and and I just wonder at what point does um, Simeone say to himself, "I have gotten every single thing that I can get out of this uh, Atletico Madrid side." Uh, and it's time for me maybe to to pass on the reins and 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 um yeah and i, I just wonder where he's at because it's really unclear like i mean and we're talking here there's no speculation at the moment or anything like that i'm just kind of wondering like he turns it around and it's a big feel-good story for a minute and then you just realize it's kind of like empty calories you're like yeah, but weren't you supposed to be like, weren't you supposed <laughs> to be challenging for the? Weren't you supposed to be for challenging for the title this year? And all of a sudden, the goals and, and the objectives changed in the middle of the season. And sure, you get back into the top four, you get into the last eight of the Champions League, but a, a week after that or a few days after that, you realise, yeah, but it's still utterly disappointing that they didn't challenge more. Like given given the fact that like we thought, Real Madrid, as we saw last night, aren't an amazing side, like, was sweeping uh, – That is not how I would describe
0: side. them, no, I would not describe them as amazing.
1: That is not – <laughs> definitely not the way you describe them. Oh, Sevilla, man. likewise, I mean, Sevilla aren't, aren't – are, are great for, for um, Sevilla, and given their history, they're, they're second and, and they're challenging. Uh, likewise Barcelona went through an awful rough patch and I, I just think that there was a Liga title there and Atletico and, and just didn't know how to to, to go and, and, and compete for it and while as I say getting into Champions League is great and it's, it's good for um, the fans to kind of look forward to that and, and maybe invest some money and try to improve the squad in the summer um, you're looking at it and and the last date as I said like but at the end of the day, they beat they they scrape through the they scrape through the, um the Champions League group stages like literally scrape through the Champions uh, the the group stages. They beat a Manchester United side that have a whole whole host of issues, and like how much longer can 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 you go on like that? Is, is is that all there is? Is this all there
0: is? I think, in I, a, under- I think in a perverse sense, wins like this give Cholo Simeone some life. I think he loves games like this. He loves this suffering, and he really close, He likes to really closely link it to the club's DNA, uh, and this and it's inherent to the idea and the philosophical credo of Cholismo. So it, it really, the suffering does go hand-in-hand hand with what Cholo not necessarily once but i think he relishes these kinds of scraps he relishes these kinds of games and this is one atletico would have lost earlier this year so I, i think even though this was not a particularly good performance especially after halftime and atletico were i think god awful final 20 minutes um i think a win like this simeone can use this for man management he can use this to say all right listen we've recovered a lot of confidence we've recovered some cojones some moxie some spirit Let's build it. Let's keep building on this. We're unbeaten in seven with five straight wins in La Liga. Top four is um, much closer to being secured than it was a month ago. Um, I, I, they're they're probably getting top four now, and I and I would say based on how I watched the Sevilla game yesterday, and they are god awful, Robbie. Like I know. I, I know you're a big Lopetegi fan, and I will not slander him on this podcast. But they're playing some be awful careful, football. Be careful! <laughs> <laughs> they're playing some terrible football, though, Robbie. And it wouldn't shock me if they end up finishing fourth. So th- 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 yeah. this is all good news for Atletico from the point of view of they're going to get into the top four, which is the like the minimum objective. But I think you raise a really good point in that this season could have been a lot more domestically. They were knocked out of both cup competitions in the span of a week while waiting to sign a Kieran Trippier replacement, uh, as if there wasn't a tangible plan to do that in the event of his departure. And they spent most of this season just screwing around in La Liga. Their title challenge was over in the first week of November. And you really, it, it, it really is a case of what might have been, right? If Atletico had started the season just a little bit better, if they had picked up those home wins against Mallorca and Levante, um, etc., if they've had a couple other results go their way, they would be in the thick of this title race.
1: Yeah, and, and that's, um, you, you mentioned there about how this these games give Choli, Ch- uh, Cholismo life and the, the Simeone life. I think, you see, we're, we're kind of confusing the two eras. Back in 2012-13, it was genuine, tough defending, hard to break down, uh, a solid plan. Excellent counterattacking, and they were amazing. They like and and they, they deserved everything they got. Now I'm just looking, going, we're trying to like cling on to this idea, but the fact I think is that it's, it's like you're riding your luck, and there's a difference. And I understand that that the difference is very slim, and it it, it, it I don't know who gets to decide what's luck and what's not. But I just feel like when you when you were watching that Atletico game, fine, it was kind of. Um, uh, on the on the seat here, pants stuff, and and but, it felt like they're not going to concede here. I just I just know that they're not going to concede here. And you had Godin, and you had they're just bunkered down, and it was they they have shut down shop. Whereas this time you're watching them against Rio, and you're just looking, going, this isn't what Blismow is or was. It, it, they're giving up chances. There's there's opportunities here, and and I, I just wonder. Are we trying to kind of... Uh, and maybe I'm being kind to to Cholismo to, 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 to 1.0, that team, maybe they were a little bit luckier than I remember. But it felt like when they played against um the, the, the teams, big teams, small teams, they shut down shop. And that was it. You weren't scoring. Have at it, but you're not scoring. Whereas now it's like, this could go... I mean, I don't know what's going to happen here. And, and it just takes, like we saw earlier in the season, it takes a Levante. Now that that was different because they were playing kind of a little bit more open and they looked all out out of, out of sorts. But at the same time, it was a, a the yeah. All all it took was one like like we saw with Alvaro uh, Negredo for caddies. Like and they looked like they were going to score. Like and and how how is that what Chalismo is, and is that what Cholismo is going to, like, look, basically? And, and I understand that a lot of people are like, oh, it's not luck. it can't be luck if you keep doing it, but at the same time, we're watching the games and we see the evidence, and it's like, they got lucky against Rio in a way, uh, and, yeah, I just wonder, um, this... Um, maybe, maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe Simeone does have some kind of a magic formula or some kind of a... a, a, a he's doing something. I, I'm not sure, but based on the <laughs> all the football I watch and based on, based on um, all the evidence in front of me, I just think that this Atletico Madrid team isn't as secure as the old one was.
0: No, I agree with that. Um, I think it's an interesting... Uh, I guess in a way we can call this like inauthentic Cholismo because Atletico were soaking up so much pressure here, and it was a really topsy turvy and and really nervy finish. Uh, If Randy Nateka gets his foot on the ball with 10 minutes to go, it's 1 1. Like he's got that chance unmarked in front of the net, and he just can't quite guide it on target with O Black beaten. But I think O Black played really well, and I think I just love how Simeone ended this game with all four of his center backs on the pitch. Love it on staying on brand.
1: He <laughs> threw yeah, on Philippe, yeah, threw on
0: Hermoso in stoppage time. I love it. And like and neither of those guys offers any security. Like that's the irony, is that you're throwing on your final two center backs and they are the two um no offense to them, no disrespect to them, but they are the two worst central defenders in the squad.
1: Yeah, I, I often wonder about I often wonder about that when a player just put when a manager puts on defenders onto the team. Like I wonder in in sorry in theory, logically speaking, it, it sounds good to have more defenders on the on the on the team because it, it it feels like we're going to be more secure. But when you have Mario Hermoso playing at let he he's out of his environment, and I understand that a tackle is a tackle no matter where you it happens on the field. But I, I just wonder it does it does it achieve what you're trying it to achieve because. Because also, when you put that many defenders on the field, they end up just kind of getting in each other's way, and Hermoso just kind of going for the ball no matter what. And it's like, yeah, that's great, but this isn't actually you're after just getting in the way of Reynaldo. Whereas if that was an actual left midfielder, he would know not to go and do what it what, or whatever, you know. And then I just wonder sometimes, does that, uh, does that tactic. Uh, pay off in the way that managers think it does i guess it did on saturday night because atletico didn't concede but uh yeah i think the game goes on another five or ten minutes i'm not sure but also atletico probably could have scored on the break too so (laughs) yeah suarez uh...
0: near suarez nearly (laughs) did if he hadn't fluffed his lines at the very end uh i don't really think there's anyone suarez can can play against now robbie uh it's his physical decline is just much too steep um, he he's his intensity is still there, his aggressiveness is still there, his desire is still there. Physically, I just don't think he can do what his what his brain says he can do anymore. It's really sad, in one sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, and but I but I do think that there is a level of acceptance there, and and uh, I remember when Simeone first, or sorry, when Suarez first came, and they were saying that uh, Suarez is going to end up being a problem. I think he might have ended up being a problem if he didn't accept that he just can't do it at at the level that he wants to do it at anymore. And I think that Simeone is, has has won that battle in terms of kind of convincing Suarez and maybe Suarez just kind of had a had a, got a friendly uh, word in the ear from someone saying, "Listen, Luis, come on, it's uh, it's time to it's time to just accept your role on the bench." And and, yeah. and I think he has done that because he's which which actually which takes away. The exact thing that makes him so, that made him so good throughout the years is that kind of edge and that uh, that anger and that fury and whatever. Like, but uh, that's kind of gone now. And yeah, it's just a matter of um, seeing it out now until the end of the season and 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 he'll see where he'll go from here.
0: Last thing I want to ask you about Robbie, and we're going to do another podcast next week talking about Manchester City and some other stuff. Uh, the Correa red card. Um, He was reported to have said, uh, la concha de tu madre, which is uh, a very very rude, particularly rude insult uh, in Spain. Culturally, could you could you talk about um, why the referee, Manuel Montero, might have seen fit to send off Correa for this insult? Is it such a big deal? Um, What did you make of, of Correa's expulsion and what it could mean for Atletico after the break?
1: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure what it's going to mean in terms of suspension. Uh, I I read in the IOA that that was it could be up to four games, but oh. I think I think and and, and the, like what it means is something. It's very 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 rude and, and uh, but uh, but at the same time I don't know what's said on a football field. Uh, so maybe it's being said all the time and the referee just pulled up, but. If you, if you shout at a, at a referee um, and he hears you and, and it's directed towards him, you're getting sent off. Do you remember Diego Costa, was or sorry, Usman Dembele was sent off for like, um, que, que, que malo eres, he said, how, how bad, how, how terrible are you or how crap are you? Yeah. And then, La Concha de tu Madre is basically dash multiplied by three or four. Yes. I would say, like it's, it's, it's basically an F-U and uh, and the, the uh, transla- and the literal translate
0: in the literal translation is, is not really appropriate for a, a family oriented show, <laughs> a,
1: yeah, for a yeah, show I'm
0: a right show right that we like to keep we like to keep the rating clean here on the program.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it, it, I look, it is. I mean, it's 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 a pretty nasty thing to say. And if it was the referee felt like it was directed at him, and it, and it was, I'm guessing. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it can't be. Like, there's all this talk about respect for referees and stuff and, and, and uh, you see it on the give respect get respect kind of a thing and I, I just think that's the kind of thing that and it's the right card you can't argue with it and you have to kind of be a little bit more professional about things but yeah like, like that I, I actually don't know what's said on the field so maybe that kind of thing is normal and you just, the referee chooses to ignore it so but on this occasion the referee had was in absolutely no doubt and even when he explained to Griezmann, Griezmann was kind of like,
0: "Yeah, no one was uh, really too upset about it from the Atletico side."
1: Yeah, which I thought was Correa pretty interesting. Yeah, it's kind of you know, yeah. I, it's, it's, kinda, it's, it's frustrating for Correa, I'm sure, because he was the starter, and this new system doesn't really allow for a player like him who, who uh, no, sorry, it's not that it doesn't allow for him. It's, the problem is that he's going to head to head with. Antoine Griezmann. Antoine Green Antoine Griezmann's defensive work rate is just off the charts and he allows Joe Felix then to be who he is. Whereas point. Angel Correa at left back like like as as Griezmann was doing on, on Saturday night, like Correa wouldn't be as, as good as um he isn't as uh, he might be willing to do it but I don't think he's even capable of doing it at the level that Griezmann does it and I think he, that's that seems to be the the, the chosen front two now and, and that's frustrating for Correa because in reality he probably needs a change of scenery in order to, 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 to be given the, his a start, uh, spot in the starting 11 that will accentuate his skills rather than needing to constantly be um, uh, uh, defend and, and work like that actually where where's Thomas Lamaragon where?
0: he's hurt he's been injured oh,
1: oh right. I, I just come I was just thinking about it. I was like where I haven't even he heard his name in ages and I think, <laughs> and I, think <laughs> I
0: think Atletico really missed him too I think his absence has been yeah. notable and noticeable
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, yeah, he, sh- he so should be—he could...
0: he should be back after the break. And, and with Correa, I think that's a good point. Is that he has recently lost his place in the eleven? That was pretty much nailed on for most of this season. He's—he's he's been Atletico's best forward for the balance of the season. So it's got to be difficult for him. Uh, but I, I'm, at the same time, uh, you can't really fall into that trap where the referee is just. Like, give me a reason to send you off. You know, um, on on one hand, yeah, it may have been an overreaction from the official, but on the other, don't put yourself in that position. It kind of goes both ways.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't think there's too many uh, too many arguments against it. And once it was said that that's what he said, then you're you're not really that's uh, <laughs> yeah, it Yeah, it's, it's
0: it's kind of variable. It's a gray area. Some officials would let it go. Others others wouldn't. Um, I, and I didn't think Munueta Montero had a very good day either. Atletico had a pretty clear penalty turned aside in the first half. Um, but, yeah, I, I think no Atletico players are really protesting that decision, which which makes it come into a, a bit of a clearer focus, a different focus, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I saw that on there on I, I, that, that That's never a penalty, though, that handball. I, like, that is... He his hand was it was kicked really close range. Izzy's hand was where it was and it hit it. Like this season, those penalties have absolutely not been given. Like uh, so, I think he was fine. to ref and I. I don't think. Uh, I don't think um, it was. He uh, was much of an issue at all. Really.
0: Well, on that note, Robbie, I think we are going to sign off for this edition of the show. Uh, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, we're going to be doing another podcast next week where we do some housekeeping, and uh, particularly we're going to talk all about the Manchester City tie, Robbie, which is a massive one in the Champions League after the international break. But thank you for joining me on this edition of the show, man. I appreciate it. No
1: problem at all. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll catch you next week.
0: We will chat again next week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for your continued support on Into the Calderon and on Patreon.com slash Colt Chat. Keep it on our site and on social media for fresh content coming your way over the international break. Atletico have 14 players on international duty. That is two-thirds of the squad, just about. Uh, subscribe to the Atletico Madrid Podcast Network on Spotify so you can get all the latest episodes of Colt Gernero Chat and our sister program, the Partido a Partido Podcast. They will also be producing some content over the break. Thank you all again for listening. Adios.